Hi, I'm Grant Armstrong, and I get to serve as directing pastor here at St. John's United Methodist Church in Edwardsville, Illinois. We exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Our desire is to be a beacon of faith and service, focusing our passions and gifts to reflect Christ's love to the world. You're invited to join us each week at 9 a.m. for a time of traditional worship or at 11 a.m. for contemporary worship. Thanks for joining us for this online version of the sermon. You can count on some difficulties at Christmas time, can't you? It just, it happens. If you're anything like our household, you can almost count on at least one family member being sick, if not a handful of family members taking ill. Maybe it's a variation of coughing or puking or, you know, some sort of a mixture of the two. Happens. It happens. Maybe there was a gift that you really desperately wanted to get somebody and perhaps the delivery truck is just not chugging there on time or you went to the store and it wasn't there and maybe it didn't help that you went just looking for it today. When you look at a a zoomed out view, there are national political crises, there are global outbreaks of violence, there's poverty and inequality in our own backyards, and it seems like that there was never just one Grinch but that there are a number of Grinchy things and events that try to keep Christmas from coming in our hearts and in our lives. But the Grinch is never going to win. Never happened. It didn't in the story. He hadn't stopped Christmas from coming. It came. Somehow or other, it came just the same, and it won't stop coming because hope was born for us at Christmas time. As I mentioned earlier, we've been focusing throughout this season on some of the songs that make up the soundtrack of our holiday. It's amazing to see how some of these favorite carols and hymns have cool backstories that parallel a bit the heart of the song and the heart of the scriptures that they put to music. Tonight we're spending time with Silent Night. Just to set a little context for the song, it was shortly after the Napoleonic Wars that were sparked by the French Revolution and Napoleon Bonaparte's drive to conquer the rule of Europe between 1800 and 1815. While 1816, here in the U.S., we were electing James Monroe as president and admitting Indiana as the 19th state of the Union. In Austria, there was a community in Mariafar suffering after the Bavarian troop withdrawal following Napoleon's failed conquest. Enter a young assistant priest, named Joseph Moore. He writes a poem calling upon God to bring stillness. It's a poem that functions a little bit like the call to stillness in the 46th Psalm. These words of peace that we read where God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble to the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble As the waters surge, he causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Verses that call for stillness in the midst of trial and chaos. Peace into the warring world. Moore's original poem translates very literally to read, Silent night, holy night, all are sleeping, alone and awake only the intimate holy pair, lovely boy with curly hair, sleep in heavenly peace, sleep in heavenly peace. Silent night, holy night, where on this day all power of fatherly love poured forth, and like a brother, 
lovingly embrace Jesus, the people of the world. Jesus, the peoples of the world. We skip ahead to 1818. A regional war caused a hit in the salt trade, which was the major industry of Salzburg suburb of Oberndorf, Austria, and the community was suffering. Now, legend has it that the organ was broken at the Oberndorf newly established St. Nicholas Church. However, the assistant preach, preacher, Joseph Moore, had an idea about a song that they could sing in worship without organ accompaniment on Christmas Eve. It's December 24th, and in the schoolhouse in Arnsdorf, where St. Nicholas organist and skilled composer Franz Gruber was schoolmaster, the melody Stille Nacht was formed for Moore's poem. It's written in the style of an Austrian slow waltz. We have an image of how that original autograph, that very first version of Stille Nacht, Silent Night, would have looked. That night, the song is performed for the first time at Mass, with Moore playing guitar and singing tenor while Gruber sang bass on his own arrangement from earlier in the day. Now, there's no proof or indication that Moore broke the organ so he could rock a timeless ballad on guitar. But there's a part of me that always wonders... Gruber would say of the most published, performed, and perhaps most popular Christmas song of all time, it was met with general approval by all, which is understated, humble. You like that. And when the organ repairman came to St. Nicholas afterward, he heard the story and he heard the song. And it started spreading around the Alpine until it was heard by the Strasser family. So you can imagine kind of an early version of the Von Trapp family. They started having their children sing this song to draw attention to selling chamois skin gloves. It became so popular that the family was asked to perform the song for the king and queen of Austria. These beautiful words of peace that were born out of violent circumstances and such light resonating from a time of darkness. It's a creative opportunity that they seized to make a way even when it seemed like very important things were broken or out of commission. And the song spread because it brought such great joy. So much like the circumstances that surround Jesus' birth. The Hebrew people at the time of Jesus were living under violent circumstances. Herod was a despot and Rome was an oppressive occupying force. It was experienced by many as a dark season. People felt that God had been quiet, maybe even silent, for perhaps hundreds of years. It was a truly broken world. People were hurting and grasping for hope in the midst of hopelessness. And into this, God introduces a song of great joy. His name is Jesus. Jesus' friend and follower John describes well why this joyful love song spread. He said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. What does word mean in this instance? It's heard in a different ways by a variety of people who were first hearing and reading these words about Jesus. In the Greek language of the New Testament, word as it's used here was the phrase they used to philosophically describe what you were created for, your purpose. And in the Hebrew and Aramaic understanding of this in the world of the first believers, the term word would have been understood as what you waited for, the fulfillment of divine promise. John describes Jesus as both the purpose for which we were created and the fulfillment of God's sacred promise. And what brings peace to our lives this season? 
It's when we focus on Jesus and we see the faithfulness of God in keeping the sacred promise of love and rescue and restoration in our lives. We see the best of what we are created to be when we surrender to loving as God has first loved us. John, in writing, goes on saying, In him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. I'm the son of an electrician, construction worker, and part of that meant when it was Christmas time, our holiday preparations involved putting up many, many strings of light. It was just shy of Clark Griswold levels of lighting, but it was serious. And I would gladly, as a young man, hop up on this tri-level third-story roof and just jump around up there spreading lights like I had no sense of my own mortality, which I do now, in fact. And so now that I have a greater sense of mortality and much greater demands on my schedule around this time of year, only the door of our house gets this framing of white, plain lights. That's it for exterior decor. It's a little embarrassing. It's not how I was brought up. But I love lights. I especially love those light arama displays. You've seen those where you turn into the FM signal right outside the house, and they're playing all sorts of things like uh, the Wizards of Winter from Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Or Last year, I saw a house that was right nearby that had LED display pillars right out front, and they were playing Baby Shark. Now, granted, it wasn't even the Santa Shark that has blessed our earbuds recently. It was Baby Shark with the full video going for it. That was impressive. Now, what makes our season shine with that kind of light? Maybe it's when we sit with people in pain and pray with them. Maybe it's when we stand with people who are being hurt and protect them. Maybe it's when we love so radically that people want to tune into God's music just to see what makes our lights dance. Because it's not just about the words that we say. It's not just about our show. Because most of us can clean up pretty well around Christmas. See, more in Gruber... The composers of this Silent Night song didn't write the world's most popular Christmas carol to make their names or their song famous. They composed this timeless music simply to make Jesus better known. They sought to glorify God by embodying the promise, the purpose, and the light. That's how we share hope, purpose, and light as well. Not just at Christmas, but all year long, our whole lives long. We embody the grace that Jesus makes known to us. Verse 14 of John's letter, he says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. See, God knows that loving people is a contact sport. The world's good intentions and promises pale next to being with someone. And so God came to be with us. From his miraculous birth, a spotless Savior born without sin, to his life lived with the fullness of compassion, to his death a sacrifice out of his love that was made flesh, offered to wash our broken and wounded hearts clean. And to the moment when Jesus rose to remind us that he has the power to heal and to forgive and to make all things new now and through eternity. We embody that matchless love when we trust Jesus, when we follow Jesus, and when we let his light live on in us. That's how God's light shines on us. And that's how this other piece that we understand about Jesus shows in our lives as well, where we read how the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, 
Will you guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus? This time in the service, we have an opportunity to be able to share this light that has come into the world. So I'll invite you to take your candles or your glow sticks, and I'll share this light with our ushers who will then go on to share the light with you. One of the things that I love about this is as we share the light of Christ, it doesn't diminish the light that we carry at all, but it just makes the room shine a little brighter. We'll have an opportunity to sing together the words of Silent Night, and during the very last verse, I would invite you, just hold your candle up. Be careful, but hold your candle up and look around. Take a chance to reflect on the light of Christ that shines among us.